and uh, the 15th verse this morning. Again, thank the Lord for His goodness and His grace. And uh, I have no idea what God is doing in every individual's heart, but I have a great idea that God is doing great things and uh, lasting things, eternal things. I believe we're living in the last days, and uh, I believe that we're going to uh, see God do things in these last days that the world has not seen. Uh, I believe that this morning. I, I believe as the world gets more wicked, as the night gets more dark, uh, as hell rages hotter and more, as the demons of hell are unleashed on this earth in a way uh, that the world's not seen, uh, I believe God is going to help and encourage and pour out himself on his people. I believe that there'll be grace for this hour, uh, and, and I believe we're living in it. Uh, we, we, uh, we've, got, we've got a generation that don't know. I'm talking about, I heard on the radio, uh, and I'm trying to remember which state it was, uh, maybe California, I, I don't remember what state it was. I heard on the radio that, uh, that they are becoming uh, overwhelmed and overloaded uh, with this transgender movement uh, changing birth certificates at courthouses. And the, 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 what I heard was all the way down to five-year-olds. They have come in there with the parents' consent. Children, I'm talking about down to five-year-olds, have come into these courthouses uh, with their parents' consent saying, I was born a boy, but I want to be a girl, or I was born a girl. And, 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 and we're living in that. Uh, we're, we're, we're seeing that uh, in little children. Uh, I believe this morning, it got nothing to do with that child, I believe this morning that mama and daddy ain't got a lick of sense. And if daddy had a belt and mama had sense, that stuff wouldn't be, especially in that age. Somebody help me right there. You say, preacher, is that going on the internet? I guess it is. I don't know, but I, I'm not going to recant the statement this morning. That's the, that's the truth. Somebody ought to holler amen right there. If daddy had a belt and mama had sense. Uh, and I hate bringing that stuff up in church because of the, but they hear it on TV, they, they see it everywhere, it's all over everything that's involved in their life, and uh, that, it's, it's messed up, it's wicked, and it's out of hell. And thank God, in your church, kids that hang out around there are wanting to be Christians, they're wanting to praise God, they're wanting to sing, they're wanting to quote the Bible, they're wanting to shout amen. I'd say hallelujah to God. I'm just gonna leave everything alone, amen. God knows what he's doing in your life and there's no telling what lasting fruit will remain from the work God's doing in these uh, hearts in this place I bless the Lord for it. I, I do. I bless the Lord for it this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 27 and the 15th verse. Let's stand all over the building, if you will, out of reverence and respect for the word of God. Matthew 27 verse 15. Now, at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together... Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas, or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? 
For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath it done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that it could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Verse 27, we'll read on this morning just for sake of the text that we're in. I believe it'd be good to read what they did to our Lord and remind us this morning. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him and took the reed and smote him on the head. After that they had mocked him, they took the robe off from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning humbled. God, we come before you this morning grateful, Lord, of your grace and mercy. God, we come before you this morning asking for your touch, for your help. God, for your power in the preaching part of the service. God, speak to our hearts. Help us now as we open your holy word. God, we'll love you and we'll thank you for it. Move and breathe, I pray. Give me wisdom, give me utterance, give me power. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you this morning. I I want you to go back with me to verse number 22. I'll read it again, and I I want you to notice the the question that is asked uh, in verse 22. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ. Uh, In our text this morning, uh, the multitude has brought Jesus to the governor's hall. They've brought Jesus before Pilate, and they have accused him falsely of uh, of all kinds of accusations. uh, They're all false accusations, but they falsely accused Jesus and they are seeking the crucifixion of our Lord. They're seeking to put him to death. And Pilate is before these people. He hears their cry, 
crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And yet he stands before Jesus knowing that Jesus is different than any man that he's ever been around. As a matter of fact, Pilate calls him a just man and said, I can find no fault in this man. And I want to say thank God this morning when you find Jesus, you will find no fault in this man. He's still spotless. He's still holy. He's still the only sinless man that has ever lived. And thank God that ever will live in this earth. I'm glad we'll be sinless when we get to eternity. But the only sinless man, the Lord Jesus and Pilate said it right when he said I find no fault in this man I'm glad for the day when I met him and I could find no fault in him I want to say to you this morning I still find no fault in this man he's never been unfaithful he's never failed me he's never one time let me down and when I perceive Jesus I find no fault in him how about you this morning I noticed this morning that Pilate is before, or Jesus rather, is before Pilate. And Pilate looks at Jesus and uh, he has to make a decision. And the question that he asks is in verse number 22, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? I want to say to you, there's only two answers to this question. There's only two decisions that can be made when this question is asked. And this is not a question that's just for church people. This is not a question that's just for folks that's in the South. This is not a question just for folks that's been around religion. This is the question that every man, woman, boy, and girl uh, must face, and they will make a decision. You can't come to Jesus and not make a decision. You can't come to Jesus and say, well, I'll decide later. Your deciding later is your decision. You see, you'll either do one of two things one, you will receive him when you're faced with him or two, you will reject him when you're faced with him. Next week, Lord willing, I'm going to preach on uh, 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 what will I do with Jesus? Will you receive him? And I'm going to look at some of these in the text that received him. But this morning, with, with the help of God, I want to preach on what will you do with Jesus? Now listen to me. I'm not talking to your neighbor. I'm not talking to your wife. I'm not talking to your husband. There's some of you wives in here you'd love for me to preach to your husband, but I'm talking to you. There's some of you men in here you'd love for me to preach to your wife, but I'm not preaching to them. I'm talking to you. There's some of you in here you'd love me to preach to your friend or to your neighbor or maybe a sibling or, or whoever it may be, but I'm talking to you this morning. When you have come to where Jesus is, what did you do? What will you do when encountered and face to face with Jesus. Will you receive him or will you reject him? You say, preacher, I didn't reject him. I just chose not to accept him yet. My friend, there's a whole lot of forms of rejection, but they're all the same. It don't matter how you rejected him. It don't matter why you rejected him. It don't matter what your mindset was when you rejected him. If you rejected him, the outcome's still the same. For those that receive Jesus, thank God there's heaven. Thank God there's holiness. Thank God there's help. Thank God there's being in the presence of 
of God now and all of eternity but for those that reject Jesus there's a life that's spent without him and there's a hell there's an eternity in hell that is spent in the presence of sin and darkness and fire and brimstone and hell but I'm glad thank God you don't have to reject him this morning you don't have to you don't have to but you're going to do one of the two you may be a church member this morning, but being a church member does not mean you've received Jesus. Uh, I, I hope that you have. I'm trusting that you have. But if you have not, I'd get over whatever reason I had for rejecting him. I'd throw it in the trash this morning. I'd fall on my face before God, and I would not walk out of these doors a lost sinner, not another day. I would not walk out of these doors on my way to hell. Right. Hey. Notice this morning, what will you do? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? I want to preach on some forms of rejection in our text. Uh, there are these that rejected Jesus, and uh, I, I want to look this morning at the forms of how they did it. There's a lot of folks reject him, and they've got different mindsets about him. I want you to notice with me, first of all, this morning, Pilate's wife. Uh, verse number 19 when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Pilate's wife recognized that he was a just man. She realized that he was a different man. But Pilate's wife rejected Jesus, and this is how, by choosing to ignore him. She rejected Jesus by choosing to ignore Jesus. She told Pilate, she said, Pilate, I've suffered many things in a dream because of this man. He's a just man. And she said, Pilate, have nothing to do with this man. Don't you get near, don't you touch him. Don't you put your hands on him. Don't do one thing or the other. Have nothing to do with this man. You know what she was saying? If we'll leave him alone, it'll work itself out. If we'll leave him alone, uh, he'll, he'll leave us alone. If we'll leave him alone, this will go away. I want to say to you, I believe Pilate's wife was under conviction. She said, I've suffered many things in a dream because of this just man. I believe God, the Holy Ghost, come to Pilate's wife's house and put Pilate's wife under conviction. I believe that Jesus bothered Pilate's wife. I believe the Holy Ghost was bothering Pilate's wife. And when Pilate's wife got under conviction, hear what I'm about to say. Pilate's wife decided I'm gonna get as far away from it as I can. I'm not gonna get near him. I'm not gonna touch him. I'm gonna avoid him. You know why I some folks will come to church for a little while and then they're gone like that. It's when Holy Ghost conviction sets in. They'll either fall on their face before God and trust Him or they will run and try to avoid Him and ignore Him. Pilate's wife when faced with the decision of what will I do with Jesus, she said, I'll, I'm just going to ignore him. I'm going to act like he's not there. I, I'm going to try to hush the conviction in my heart and in my mind. I, I'm going to try to drown it out with sin. I'm going to try to drown it out by avoiding Jesus, her conviction that she was under. But I want you to notice her confession. She said, this is a just man. Have thou nothing to do with that just man? She knew there's something different. 
Oh, you listen to me this morning. Pilate's wife knew that she'd never met a man like Jesus. She knew there's something different. She watched him as, she, as Jesus came into that hall where Pilate was. And those false accusers accused him falsely. And Jesus opened not his mouth. Jesus said not a word. And she said, I've never seen a man walk in here so determined to die. I've never seen a man come in here and not even plead his case or his cause. There must be something about that Jesus man. There must be. I've never seen a man not even try to defend himself but is this is this, it was as if he came in here for the purpose of dying she said have nothing to do with that just man don't mess with that just man he's a just man I, I, I believe he is who he says he is but I want nothing to do with him I'll have nothing to do with him I wonder this morning listen to what I'm saying I wonder this morning how many folks are in hell today uh, that they believed he was a just man they believed uh, uh, that Jesus was even the Lord uh, and they were under conviction but they did not want to uh, meet him face to face they did not want to trust him as their savior so they chose to ignore him her conviction her confession but her choice her choice was this have nothing to do with this man have nothing to do with him I don't want to make that decision I don't want my life to change I, I, I don't want to face what I've got to face. I don't want to deal with what I'll have to deal with. I don't want to admit I'm a sinner. I don't want to, I don't want the church to know I'm lost. I, I, I don't want, I don't want this or I don't want that. And so Pilate's wife, she rejected Jesus through ignoring him. I don't say it don't matter how you reject him. Rejection's still the same thing. It's rejection. It all has the same consequences. It's hell if you reject him. It's hell if you reject him. I, I don't care how. You say, preacher, she said he was a just man. Praise God for it. She said that she suffered many things in a dream. She was under conviction. I want to say to you, thank God for conviction. But conviction will do one or two things to a man or a woman. It'll cause them to receive Jesus. Or it'll cause them to reject Jesus. Can I stop right here and say thank God this morning? Is anybody glad that when you were lost on your way to hell and you got under Holy Ghost conviction that for some reason, thank God, you decided to receive Him and not reject Him? You did not ignore that conviction, but you said that kind of man, ain't nobody like Him, and I want what He's got. I want what He offers. Pilate's wife. Is the first one I see this morning that rejected Jesus and she rejected Jesus through choosing to ignore him. May I ask you a question? Are you going to reject him by ignoring him? There may be somebody here saved this morning. Jesus is trying to work in your life and you're choosing to ignore what he's saying, hoping it'll go away. He's not going to change his mind. But listen, you don't want it to go away. You don't want it to go away. God, the Holy Ghost dealt with me about preaching. And when I was when I was twelve years old, I remember being I was in a truck with my grandfather in Mississippi on a truck trip. I was laying or I was sitting there uh, uh, in the bed in the in the back in the and I was listening to preaching. My grandfather was asleep. I was listening to a sixteen year old young man. He's not even a preacher no more. He doesn't quit preaching. But I was listening to him preach. And that day, I was twelve years old, and the Holy Ghost of God said, "That's what I want you to do." 
I ran from it, I ran from it. I remember being 16 years old and that night God come by and I said finally, I said God whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, I ain't running another day. And I've thought many times, I wonder what my life would be like had God quit calling me, had God quit talking to me about that, had God, I thought I wanted God to leave me alone. I thought I wanted God to quit talking to me about it. I thought I wanted God to, uh, to, to quit messing with me about it. I want to say, uh, what a sad story that would have been uh, if my testimony would have been God used to. Uh, God once did, but he no longer does. If he's asking you to do something, you ought to just go ahead and do it. Don't you ignore uh, the wooing and the working of the Holy Spirit of God. She rejected him by choosing to ignore let me give you this next one. Look at Pilate, verse number 24. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Pilate rejected Jesus by claims of innocence. Pilate's wife rejected Jesus by choice of ignoring him. But Pilate rejected Jesus by claiming, hey, I'm free of this. Hey, I've, I've, I've washed my hands of this. Hey, I, I'm innocent. Uh, I, 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 I'm not guilty of this. I, and, and notice his cleansing. <clears throat> Deut- Deuteronomy 21, uh, I believe it is, uh, when, 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 when uh, uh, an unsolved murder uh, took place in Israel, the people of Israel would come together and they'd wash their hands. They'd, they'd, they'd cut the head off of a, of, of a bull or a heifer and they would, they would wash their hands over that bull uh, as a sign of their innocence uh, that they were not involved in the killing of that unsolved murder. I want to say to you this morning, Pilate thought that would work for him this day. And Pilate began to wash his hands in water, saying, I am not guilty of the death of this man called Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something, there wasn't enough water to wash those stains off of his hands. He had one thing mistaken. He thought all he needed was to stick his hands in a tub of water or running water and be clean. But Jesus came to shed his blood that man may be clean. You say, preacher, can I clean myself up and Jesus be all right with me? Can I, can I fix a few of my ways and Jesus be okay with me? I've done quit drinking. I've done quit cussing. I've done quit smoking. I've done quit running around. I've done quit lying and gambling and stealing. I've quit all these things. I've got off of this and I've got off of that. Uh, praise God for you. You may be a better a citizen in society, but I want to say if you're depending on that to get you in, uh, you need more than to wash your hands with water. You need your heart washed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pilate's wife, she thought I'll, I'll claim or I'll choose to ignore, but Pilate said, uh, I'm innocent, I'll claim innocence, uh, I've cleansed my hands, I've cleansed myself, I've washed myself, but one thing he missed, he could not wash himself, uh, he was still sinful, you say preacher, Pilate was trying to say, it wasn't me that put, them on, put him on the cross, he said, see ye to it, 
He's trying not only to cleanse himself, but cast it over to somebody else and say stuff like this. I ain't the one to put Jesus on the cross. Why do I? Why? Why? Why do I have to be guilty? It ain't my fault. Jesus is there. I wasn't even alive then. Can I remind you this morning how many folks are in hell today, and how many folks will be in hell tomorrow with that same mindset? It's not my fault. I wasn't there. I didn't put him on the cross, but Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus died on the cross to save man. Jesus shed his blood because of the sin of man. For by one man sin entered into the garden and death by sin. But thank God that second Adam came to pay sin's penalty of which you and I were guilty. You may not have been there that day. But your sin was what you would do Pilate tried to wash himself of it and claim I'm innocent. I've washed myself. He tried to compare himself to others. I'm not as bad as they are. They're the ones that crucified him. I I was going to let him go. I thought he was a just man. That wasn't what Pilate needed. What Pilate needed is what you need and what I need and what everybody that's lost ever needed. What I needed when I was lost and what you need when you were lost. And if you are lost today, what you still need is to quit talking about how innocent you are and how good you are and how holy you are and how right you are and how you've changed this and fixed that and worked on this and you don't do this anymore and you don't do that anymore. Again, I'll say thank God you're a good citizen in society but you'll not ever be a citizen of heaven if you've never been to Calvary's crimson floor and been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none innocent before God this morning. All is sin and come short of the glory of God for the wages of sin is death. And thank God this morning, but the gift of God is eternal life. I want to tell you this morning, if you're here lost, you're not, you're without excuse, oh man. If you're here lost, you are not innocent of the blood of Jesus, but you are as guilty as the soldiers that nailed the nails in his hands and feet. You're as guilty as Pilate was standing there that day. You're as guilty as the scribes and Pharisees and chief priests were. You're as guilty as the multitude that cried out, crucify him, crucify him. I'm glad for the day I realized I was guilty of my sin. I was guilty of the Lord Jesus staying on the cross. But thank God I could be made innocent through his blood. You're just as guilty. If you're here this morning lost, no matter how good you are, Pilate said, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. Oh, but what he did not know is he was so guilty. He was so guilty. He didn't have to be. He didn't have to be. He could have have said, Lord, I know I'm going to lose my kingdom because of this. I'm going to lose my leadership and my lordship because of this. Lord, I know these people's going to stone me because of this, but I know you're a just man. I know you're God's man. I know you're the savior of the world. And I'm going to trust. I'm not trusting in myself. I'm trusting in you. Yet Pilate said, see you to it. I'm not going to do it, but go ahead. Y'all do it. He rejected Jesus through the claims of innocence. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you trusting in your own cleansing to get you in? 
Are you trusting in what all of you fixed and what all you changed and what all you gave and what all you've done to get you in heaven? Or this morning, are you trusting only in Him and what He's done? Notice verse number 12. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Verse number 20. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. There's some more folks in this crowd. Chief priests and elders. They, in verse 12, accused Jesus before Pilate. In verse 20, they accused Jesus before the multitude and they, and they convinced the multitude to ask for Barabbas to be set free instead of Jesus. These are those that reject... Pilate's wife rejected him by choice of ignoring him. A Pilate rejected him by claiming his own innocence. But these rejected Jesus by carnal or because of carnal interests. You see, if Jesus was real, he was about to mess up their world. If Jesus was who he said he was, then they were about to be wrecked and ruined as religious leaders of their day. These were the Judaizers. These were the Sanhedrin. These were the leaders of the day in Jesus' world. The chief priests and the, and the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders of the synagogue of that day. And they had religion under their thumb. They had people coming down there uh, paying homage to them. They had people coming down there to the temple and they were profiting uh, on every hand and on every corner. Religion had become about them uh, when they walked out into the streets. Uh, they walked out so people could see them and so people could brag on them and so people could lord over them and love on them. And I'm telling you, when Jesus walked on the scene, when Jesus stepped in uh, uh, he was taking away from their power uh, they were saying stuff like this come to the synagogue and we'll make you clean come to the temple and we'll do the work for you but when Jesus stepped in uh, uh, Jesus said I am the way I am the truth I am the life Jesus said all power is given unto me Jesus said uh, there's not no one I am the father are one if you've seen me you've seen the father and Jesus Jesus was taking away from their power. Jesus was taking away from their position. Jesus said, I'm the first and the last, the beginning and the end, Alpha and Omega. He was the chief cornerstone. He's the great I am. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And in order for them to trust Jesus, they'd have to become somebody that they didn't want to be, and that wasn't nobody. They'd have to humble themselves before the mighty hand of God. They'd have to present themselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is their reasonable service. They would have to become like John said, I must decrease and he must end increase. I must become nothing and he must become something. And they were not willing because of their carnal selfish interests. They rejected him because it wasn't going to work well for them. They rejected him because they was interested in power, position, but praise. Jesus was stealing all their praise. He's stealing their thunder. He's going to become a nobody. He's going to have to lose their power, prestige, and position, and praise. 
and they wasn't willing to do that. You say, preacher, how does that apply to us? How many folks do I know? How many folks have I preached to? How many folks have I tried to help? They were all about this until they realized Jesus was interested in them personally and the Lord was going to save them if they'd come to him and they realized that they wouldn't be able to live like they once had. They wouldn't be able to run like they once had. They wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't be able to do like they once had and they knew that there was going to be a change and they chose to continue with selfish carnal interests and reject him instead of getting saved by his grace and letting him change their life. Are you hearing me this morning? I hope. It reminds me of that rich man in the word of God when he said, what must I do? Now, now remember, this is, a, this is a, a Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the Gospels, and things were different then. Somebody says, is that what we got to do to be saved now? Uh, why, don't you go read the, why don't you go read the book of Romans? Why don't you go read uh, Ephesians? And he'll tell you how. And I've been preaching it to you for a long time. If you'll call on his name, he'll save you. If you'll come to him, he'll, he'll take you. If you'll ask him, he'll save you. But that rich man came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, sell all you have. And he said, I ain't about to get rid of what I got. Can I say this to you? The concept still is this. There better not be one thing in your life you want more than Jesus. When you come to be saved, you ought to be willing to give it all, lay it all down at his feet. It don't mean he'll take it from you, but you better be willing to give it to him. If there's one thing you'd rather hold on to than salvation, you'll probably walk away holding on to it. If there's one thing you'd rather have than being born again, you'll probably walk away from Jesus still having it, still holding it. If you'll come to him and say, I got all I got here. I'm not much, but what I am and what I have, it's all yours. I give it to you. You're the Lord of my life now. That's how sinners come to Jesus. And Boy, I'm going to tell you something, this man. These chief priests, they wouldn't do that. They could have. Brother Jeffrey, they had an Old Testament. Jesus was all through that Old Testament. He was all through that. How did they not read it and see Jesus? It wasn't, it's because they wasn't looking for Jesus in that Old Testament. I'm going to tell you something. He was fulfilling all them Bible prophecies. He was fulfilling the book of Isaiah. When he opened not his mouth, he was led as a sheep to the shear is dumb. Yet he opened not his mouth, and by his stripes we are healed. And he was wounded for our transgressions. And all of these things was in the Word of God, and they missed it. I want to tell you, I believe this morning they chose to miss it. They chose to make themselves somebody and Jesus nobody thank God for the day I became a nobody and he became a somebody in my life rejection because of carnal interests what is it you'd rather have than Jesus hey saved person I want to talk to you for a second hear me hear me well what is it you want more than Jesus you're saved what is it you'd rather have this morning than Jesus and what he wants in your life. What is it that if he were to ask you, you wouldn't give him? You'll probably miss out if you're not willing to hand him everything you got and say, here it is. Here I am. Let me give you this last one this morning. Verse number 27 down to verse 32. Verse number 20. Chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Verse number 25, Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. There was a multitude here and there were soldiers here. 
and this multitude and these soldiers. This is why they rejected Jesus. Because of controlling influences. The multitude heard the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, the Pharisees say crucify him. And the multitude cried out, we want Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. You take Jesus, crucify him. Let Barabbas go free. Listen to me. Barabbas was a thief. Barabbas was a murderer. Barabbas was a liar. Barabbas was a sinner. And Barabbas deserved to be where he was. He deserved to be in that prison. But them men, that multitude, them soldiers looked and said, we'd rather have a thief. We'd rather have a liar. We'd rather have a murderer. We'd rather have a Barabbas than we would a Jesus. And they said, we are going to choose him. You know why? Because that's what everybody else was doing. The multitude cried out. They were influenced by the high leaders of society. The soldiers took that cat of nine tails and they scourged Jesus. Them soldiers nailed Jesus to that Roman cross. Them soldiers took out all their anger and frustration on our darling Savior that day because it was the influence on them to do that. It was their position to follow the leadership in their life. And I want to say there will be many in hell that would have got saved and maybe wanted to get saved, but they had to too much influence the other way and they were worried about what somebody else would say, think, or do. And when you get to hell, whatever man you're looking to is your leader, sir, and you think he's cool and you can't get saved because your old buddy won't get saved and you're worried about what he'd think about you when you get to hell it would not be worth it what he thinks ma'am whatever your family maybe you got a daddy and he don't believe God and you think he hung the moon he's the greatest thing since sliced bread and he may be a good man but if he's a lost man I would not allow his influence to put me in hell I would not allow his influence maybe there's a young person in here and your daddy makes fun of the gospel he makes fun of preaching he makes fun of God he makes fun of Holy Ghost conviction and worship and you sit here in church and you hear the word of God preached and you want to trust Jesus you want to get saved you want to live for God but all you can think about is what will that man say do or think and I say in hell it will not matter in hell it will not matter you might as well throw in and give in and get saved today influence controlled them they were controlled by the influence of the council the chief priests and scribes influence of the crowd influence of sin they said we'll take Barabbas over Jesus they still do still do so I ask you this morning what will you do with Jesus what will you do? I want you to come to the piano. What will you do? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? What will you do? Certainly you wouldn't go to hell because of the influence of others. But people do. What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
Maybe a young person, maybe an adult here this morning and you've got every reason under the sun that you've given God for why you've rejected him. But this morning you're faced with the question, here he is, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna be like some in this text and we haven't got to him yet, we will next Sunday, Lord willing, that received him? Or am I gonna be like these, Pilate, Pilate's wife, scribes, the multitude, the soldiers that rejected him? And this morning in hell, Pilate still is there. He still is there. This morning in hell, them chief priests and scribes are still there. Them soldiers are there. Pilate's wife, oh, can you imagine? She got under conviction. Brother Chris, can you imagine Pilate's wife said, oh, if I could hear that voice one more time, I'd answer him. That conviction, she was under conviction. She suffered many things in a dream that night. She was under conviction. Brother Jeffrey, if she could, I guarantee you in hell today, she said, oh, if I could just feel that conviction one more time, I'd get saved. If I could, I would. If I could, I would. If I could, I would. She can't. But if you're lost, you can I don't know who's lost and who's not. I don't know if anybody will get saved this morning, but I know I minded God by preaching it. Let's stand this morning all over the building.